Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. I do not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I'm happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readies to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was neither on account of the one who did the wrong, nor on account of the injured party, but rather that before God, you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. By all of this, we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was, because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. I had boasted to him about you, and you have not embarrassed me. But just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting about you to Titus has proved to be true as well. And his affection for you is all the greater when he remembers that you were all obedient, receiving him with fear and trembling. I am glad that I can have complete confidence in you. Now, Paul begins this chapter by talking about holiness. Holiness is kind of an antiquated term uh, in modern society. Holiness sounds like legalism to most people's ears. But I have to assure you, my dear friends, that holiness is one of the attributes that people have who really, truly love the Lord and desire to serve the Lord. The Bible says that no one will see the Lord without holiness. And so holiness is something that's critical. Paul says, since we have these promises, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, 
perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And so this is something Paul says we must do ourselves. We purify ourselves. Of course, it's God ultimately in the shed blood of Jesus Christ that makes us righteous and holy and pure before an all-seeing God. But we also have to order our steps in a way that's in agreement with our holy, all-seeing God. We ourselves must purify ourselves and our lives and be careful not to contaminate body or spirit with those things that would dull us to the purposes of God, or even worse, be an operation contrary to the Word of God and the will of God. We have to have godly accountability one to another. Paul is given a measure of accountability as he's writing this letter. In verse 2, he says, Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. Now, friends, I'd like to be able to say that myself. I have corrupted no one. I've exploited no one. And I believe that in my heart. I hope you can say the same, that you've wronged no one, you've corrupted no one, you've exploited no one. Paul said uh, that we have such a place in our hearts for other believers that we would be willing to live or die with them. And so someone has written that every person that follows the Lord should have a number of different goals for their life in Christ. One is to do no wrong to another person or hate anyone. I have to say that sometimes people perceive a wrong has been done when one hasn't. You can't control that. But from your own motivation, you're not to do wrong to another person or hate any person. There's never room in a believer's life to say, I hate so-and-so. This is going back to the idea of holiness and purifying ourselves. We should commit not to corrupt anyone or lead anyone astray. I think that's a very small baseline commitment, but as a part of holiness and accountability and reverence for God, we should never corrupt anyone or lead anyone astray. And we should never use our authority to take advantage of anyone, especially for personal gain. Sadly, I've seen this done in the church, and God will hold those accountable who take advantage of people for personal gain. We're not to be among those people. So godly accountability, we need to be cognizant of the fact that Uh, We reference our living God who's always with us, who's always watching, who's always concerned, and we have to be careful with the things that we say and do. This is not living life from a legalistic perspective. This is living life out of reverence for the Lord who paid for us with his own life. Paul goes on to write that God comforts the downcast in verse 6. God comforts the downcast, and he comforted us. That's always the case, friends, the Lord of comfort, the Lord who brings comfort, is our Lord. And so if you're in need of comforting today, the Lord is is here to comfort you. Then he begins to talk about Titus. And I want to just, uh, just mention this man, Titus. Titus was a dear friend of Paul's. He's going to speak a good bit more about Titus in the next chapter, in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. But Titus was likely a convert of Paul's ministry. And um, legend has it that Titus was a poet and a student of Greek philosophy, and he had a prophetic dream that led him to study the Word of God and ultimately to become a follower of Christ. And so he traveled with Paul often. Here, Paul speaks of Titus. He says, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also the comfort you had given him. So this Titus had interaction with the Corinthian believers as well as Paul. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, 
your ardent concern for me so that my joy was greater than ever. And we'll get into a little more about this Titus. But this idea that Titus was able to bring comfort from the Corinthian church to Paul is a, is a wonderful thing. Paul refers to this comfort, and um, he looks back at the sorrow he had caused the church in trying to correct them over the business of uh, the man sleeping with his father's wife. And he said that they had become sorrowful. In verse 10, godly sorrow brings repentance, and that leads to salvation and leaves no regret But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. And then finally, he says, at every point you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter. So Paul loved this young church. The Corinthian church was a a study in contradictions in many ways. They were living among a very sexually licentious society. To be a Corinthian was to to uh, be someone who was a drunkard, sexually promiscuous, um, just basically someone who lived to party. And God is saying to these Corinthians that they're now called out of that life, and they need to live a life of holiness in reverence for God. Paul commends them for comforting him and for comforting Titus. He commends them for repenting when they were corrected by his previous letter, and he commends them for godly sorrow, that when they became aware of the will of God, that they were sorrow, there was sorrow uh, that accompanied that awareness, that they were out of the will of God. And so I just want to talk to you a minute today, friends. Have you sought the Lord to purify yourself from everything that contaminates your body and spirit? Are you trying to perfect holiness from a godly perspective out of reverence for the Lord? Are you living for the Lord? Are you asking the Lord to examine you? Have you committed not to do any wrong to anyone or or ever hate anyone? Are you committed not to lead a corrupt or um, a dissipated life in any way? avoiding immorality and drunkenness and these kinds of things? Are you committed not to take advantage of anyone for personal gain? Friends, those are the kind of people that are going to see the Lord. Sadly, I think there are many people who have made professions of faith that don't live by godly standards. I don't want to be one of those people, and I don't want you to be one of those people. I don't want to be sorry on that great day when I stand before the Lord for the choices I've made or the choices I haven't made. And so today— I'm asking that you would allow the Lord to show you any area of godly concern, that you would have a measure of godly sorrow over those things in your life that are not uh, holy according to the standards that God has set forth. And I'm asking the Lord to give you grace, to comfort you in your shortcomings, but not to leave you in your shortcomings, to bring conviction, cleansing, and holiness. So, Lord, Paul said, godly sorrow brings repentance. I pray now, Lord, that you would make us aware of those things we need to be sorry about. Lord, out of reverence for you, I'm asking that you would help us to purify ourselves from everything that contaminates our lives in your eyes. Lord, we're not living according to the standards of this world. It doesn't matter what the latest uh, poll has said about this behavior or that behavior. We're interested in what God says about the way we live And we want to live according to your standards. So give us grace, Lord, to live as God intended. 
Give us grace, Lord, after you've led us to salvation. Bring us to a place of putting to death those things that you don't approve of. Whatever it is, Lord, small or great, give us grace to deal with those things now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.